And he's funny. Time for the show. We live in a divided world, divided religiously, politically, and economically. Oftentimes in our world, we want to run away from tough conversations that divide us about grief, pain, and loss. We want to avoid topics like shame, guilt, and pride. We'd rather escape to our phones instead of engaging in real conversations. I know this because I do this. So I created the Winter Faith Podcast. The Winter Faith Podcast is focused on creating conversations to promote spiritual and emotional growth through faith, apathy, and everything in between. So let's talk to each other. Yet more importantly, let's listen to each other. Let's continue the conversation. My name is Andy, and I have Winter Faith. Let's get into it. Guys, I am super excited to introduce you to part two of Sally Gary on loving the LGBTQ plus community more. As we talked about in part one of this episode, she does amazing work. She's very gracious. She's very kind. She has a lot of information and just a passion that I have really learned to uh, listen to her and also to my friend Kara and just see what else I can do to support Centerpiece. And like Sally Gary says, if I think I don't know people in the LGBTQ plus community, then I obviously am just being, um, I'm just ignoring the issue because we all know people that are um, dealing with this and we all know people uh, that we can minister to, and we all know people that we need to listen to better. And that's, I think, the big part of her message is just we can't live in fear, but we need to wrap our arms around this community. We need to love people, and we need to really um, honor people's stories. And I feel like that's what Centerpiece does. That's what Sally Gary does. So I really hope you enjoy part two of my interview slash discussion with Kara and Sally Gary. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts to the Winter Faith Podcast. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes and download this episode wherever you get your podcast. Let's get into it. So Kara, where have you seen God work the biggest in in community or or had the most impact just from your experience working um, in communities I mean so specifically like I mean I feel this all the time like on when I go to just dinners I feel like that's more of church than what I what I get when I go to church on Sundays you know what I mean and I think it's because for me like I feel that that vulnerability and that genuineness and um like I don't know like people are not um yeah, just people are very genuine and this idea of like how much how much people um love God, call themselves Christians, 
like always, I guess for me, amazes me because by all, to me, by all rights of, um, of their life and how it's gone, like, I don't know why people still, like, the group still, different individuals still have, like, skin in the game, like, why are you still Christian, like, I don't know if I would still be Christian, or I don't know if I would walk away, and so the people in that group, I'm inspired by that they want to stick um, with their tribe, but not necessarily like a denominational tribe, but just, like, the tribe of like other people who are believers, you know? Um, so I don't, I don't know if you have anything you want to say about that, Sally, but like, just that always, I love that so much that people have this genuine want to be so close to God and love God so much and not afraid to share it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would echo that amazement. Uh, the, the fact that, people can have experienced such uh, pain mm -hmm. and rejection. I don't think there's anything any more painful than uh, to feel unwanted in a place, uh, to literally be told that in, in a lot of ways. The stories that I've heard about people uh, being told they can't come back, uh, they can't help with uh, children's uh, worship that they can't help with the youth group anymore. Those kinds of, of stories absolutely break my heart. Mm -hmm. And yet uh, many times you will see uh, that person uh, at, at just dinner continuing to seek out mm -hmm. uh, fellowship yeah. with, with other believers, wanting to be involved, uh, asking, can we come to your church? Mm -hmm would would we be allowed to serve and and work in your church and and maybe it's a, a same-sex couple that's been excluded because they're in a relationship um you know i i think i think that's what we've got to realize is that people are are starved and because of our silence in decades past um, we didn't want to get involved in the conversation. And so another conversation took place in which other people have come to see scripture differently. They have come to see uh, a, a different way to look at things. And yet the desire to, to be a faithful, committed follower of Jesus has, has only grown. It hasn't gone away mm -hmm. as we have assumed it's grown deeper. And, and so there's a desire to be involved in a church and to find a place, not only to, not to just come and sit on the back pew, but to really be involved and, and serve. And for us to um, not welcome as though the table uh, were ours, mm -hmm. the table's not ours. Uh, Jesus invites us all to the table. And uh, I, I just think we've, we've got to re-examine what we really and truly mean by, by welcoming. You know, if we think we've all got to agree in order to, to be gathered around the same table, uh, think, about, think about all the things that we claim we believe. And if we think that we believe in the same way about all those things, 
if if we all have the same beliefs about baptism or uh, the Lord's Supper, uh, anything you want to name, we're sitting on the pew with people who have very different ideas, uh, theologically, politically, socially, and yet Jesus invites us all. Uh, diversity should be uh, one of the key things that people observe about us when they come in uh, because when you also witness love deeply committed love for one another amidst people who don't all agree that's powerful I mean scripture tells us that what so what if you love people who are just like you um, to love somebody that is different from you, who's hurt you, who disagrees with you. Uh, that's the power of love. And what did Jesus say would let people know that we were his disciples, how we love each other. Absolutely. And I think one of the things about, you know, loving people that are different from you is that's what I feel like we should have been doing all along. But this has been the LGBT plus Community, this has been the issue that for a lot of people has surrounded the, uh, you know, labeling people different. This has become the, the big issue. But this is not anything new. We've always had people we disagree with about other issues. And right. we just didn't know it because we just didn't, we didn't talk. We didn't communicate. Right. We talk about, you know, what we wanted to talk about. And, and that's something that's, you know, I think even true with, you know, whatever circles you're in, that doesn't even have to be church. There can be stuff at work that uh, we don't talk about things that we disagree with, and that, that's not helping anybody. Um, and another thing, I think a question I had when, because I've never experienced somebody at church telling me, don't come back. You know, we don't want you here. Don't come back. How does a person heal from being told that? Um, you know, are there store, you know, are there, I, I'm guessing that's a long process to come back from something like that. Well, you know, Chris, if you're not Chris, you're Andy. <laughs> we can edit that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Andy, <laughs> far worse than that experience is when you're, uh, When your mama tells you that, mm -hmm. when your daddy tells you you're no longer my son, mm -hmm. I had a, a mom and dad uh, share with me that they had taken their daughter out of their will. She was the oldest. Mm -hmm. She was the oldest, and and it was. Uh, uh, a, a ceremonial thing you know they they took it and showed her where they had removed her and given everything to her siblings i i have a friend who uh whose family you know in a uh, an attempt to do what they believed was right for him caring about doing uh what they believed god wanted them to do at the time cut off all communication with him and for 18 years he didn't see any member of his family 
you know, how do you recover from that? Mm. Uh, I understand when he says, you know, uh, what, what God, uh, what kind of God requires you to walk away from your child? Who would want to have anything to do with that God? I understand him when he says that. Mm. It breaks my heart. Uh, but uh, that's, that's my main concern is, is how do you help families? And of course, families are being taught that so often from church leadership. So it's a, a very vicious cycle. Uh, but we're driving our children uh, further and further away from God not just church, not mm. just one particular denomination, but right. uh, from any belief in God at all. And it's not just our LGBTQ kids. It's our straight kids too, because mm. our, our straight kids are, it's like Kara explained about her brother. You know, if, if I have to choose between my brother and God, I, I, I'm going to choose my brother. It doesn't have to be that black and white dichotomy right. there. Um, it just doesn't have to be that way at all. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And Kara, what, you know, when you think about your family, you know, just as we talked about, like, you know, churches are made up of a bunch of families. So when you think about your family, what is, has there been healing in, in your family's life? Is that something that has happened over the course of time or is it still very, very difficult? Um, I think oh, over the years, um, there has definitely been um, some healing. And I think as um, all of like my, my two brothers and I, we've gotten older, I think we have been able to find a way to find common ground. Um, you know, it's, it's a very, it's a slower process than I would hope. Like sometimes I get impatient with God. Um, because for me, it's, it's, you know, I tell this to people all the time. People are like, Oh, well, like your brother's gay. Pray that like he won't be gay. And I'm like, no, like I'm not going to pray that. Like, I just want to pray that like all my family knows Jesus because at this point, some of them don't know Jesus, you know, like, and to me, like that's, I just want them to, to all, um, like Sally has said, feel welcomed at the table. And it's not just, uh, my, my younger brother, it's like other people in my family, you know? Um, and so because of like things that they've seen and, um, how they've seen other, like my brother be treated or other people be treated. They're like, I don't want to, why would I, why would I be a part of people like that, you know? And so like kind of Sally has alluded to. Um, so yeah, there's definitely been some healing, like as, as I've kind of grown, like I think God is doing some major um, behind the scenes work for sure. Um, he's done uh, some of the biggest stuff I've seen is how he has started to um, like change uh, my, my parents' hearts um, going from just one extreme conservative spectrum to just softening of, um, things like a story that I love is at one of the conference is my mom she went into like this panel and there was like all of the these um 
high professors of, you know, theology on the whole spectrum of how they interpret scripture. And so my mom came back from that class and she took me aside and she said, you know, like, um, Kara, like not even they can agree, like what scripture says or interpret scripture. And I was like, yeah, like, and I said, so maybe like, that's not the point. Like, you know, maybe God doesn't, care so much about that. And she kind of sat there taking all of that in and was like, you know, I think I need to ask, you know, your brother for forgiveness. And, um, that was a huge thing. Um, I think from my mom and a big breakthrough and, um, you know, like there's just, everybody struggles, parents react and struggle in different ways. And, um, you know, just at the last conference and stuff, God just kind of helped me heal my, start the beginning process of between my mom and I, our relationship. Um, and I told her like, after the conference, I said, mom, like it hits me that like you still show up to church. And I know you don't always feel like worshiping God or singing those praises because of the other kids, your other kids. Um, but God just really revealed to me that like, you're really, you're a brave woman for showing up to keep going, to be in his presence. And, um, and I said, you know, like, I just, you're, you're, you're a really brave woman. Like, and so I think just different, like I said, from the very beginning is like, we always like try to point like, oh, it's going to be, it's like, I got to fix, I got to fix, I got to fix whoever it may be, my friend, my relative, my brother, but like (laughs) God's fixing our hearts, you know, and, um, and, and just helping us, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if fixing is the right word, but that's what's coming to mind. Um, and so those are some major milestones in my life that I've seen with my family. And so, um, it's good. It's so good to see those things and, um, continue to like pray and have support of people like Sally and other people from centerpiece, um, to just know that God is a really big God, you know, and that he, he cares. He has all of us in the palm of his hand and to like, not, to not, um, to not, not keep, I guess not, not keep praying for my brothers that, you know, that I hope that they will find, you know, Jesus again, and just what that can do for their lives and that freedom. So, yeah. Yeah. That's so encouraging. Just that mm-hmm. story with, with your family, Kara. And that's something I, I, didn't that. even, I didn't even know, you know, we, we talk, but there's, you know, there's a lot of stuff to talk about. So <laughs> that's, that's, um, <laughs> encouraging yeah and you know as I think you know sometimes I haven't been a person that has told somebody you know don't come back to church I haven't been a person that said you're not welcome here I don't you know I don't have kids that I've you know told to kind of leave my family but I do feel like okay have I done anything like helpful because I'm not I'm not out here to just do no harm like that. And I, you know, I think that that's what I maybe a good question to focus on, you know, what can people that maybe feel like they're outside this issue that feel like, Oh, this, this, you know, I saw the title of this podcast. That's not me. I'm not going to listen to it. You know, what are things that, you know, we, we can be doing to promote healing and and growth and bring people um, healing through their, their pain if we do feel like, oh, I'm on the outside of this issue, it's not me. Does that make sense, that question? Yeah, okay. yeah, it really does. And it's a, it's a great question because I think, I think there's a lot that, that we can do that we just haven't thought about. 
um, the first thing I would say is ask God to show you what that looks like. Uh, ask God to send people uh, your way to make you aware because I guarantee you that there are people in your life mm -hmm. uh, that, that you may just not realize uh, are, are also a part of the LGBTQ community. So uh, ask God. And, and then secondly, I think one of the most important things that you can do that will begin to signal to anybody who may be in your midst, who might be hesitant to say anything to you, the best way you can get someone to open up is by uh, simply being an advocate. And no, I'm, I'm not saying for you to change your beliefs about the mor morality of sexuality. I'm not saying that. What I am saying, though, is that when uh, you are around conversation that is condemning mm -hmm. or that is uh, making light, making fun of someone, um, that you stand up for that. It's, it, it's like you said, Andy, it's, it's not enough to just do no harm. That's, that's first. But uh, to go beyond that, uh, you have to be an advocate that says, you know what? Uh, we're all made in the image of God. And we're not going to talk about people like that. Because uh, scripture tells us plenty about uh, the way we, we talk about others. The way we uh, can be uh, an encouragement to others. And it's certainly not by that kind of language. So... Uh, when you hear that, stop it. And and is that scary and risky? Yes, because then what will somebody think of you? Uh, yeah, you you risk that. But it also signals, especially, let's say you're uh, helping with a youth group. You're involved in a youth group, and you're the person who makes that statement. Mm -hmm. The kid who is really questioning her sexuality in the youth group hears that and instantly files it away and says, huh, he stood up for us. He didn't like people talking about us like that. Maybe that's somebody I can talk to. And you keep listening and you hear enough of those comments. If you hear somebody talking about, you know, I heard this podcast the other day and they were talking about ways that we can be more welcoming to the LGBTQ community in our churches. That alone, if I hear somebody talking like that, that tells me that that person may be safe for me to come out to, for me to uh, have conversation with. And so those kinds of things I think are very helpful. Uh, they, they may seem small, but what will happen is people will begin to trust you and seek you out and before you know it, you will have friends that you can invite to lunch and say, tell me more. I'd really love to hear your story. And then you can begin to develop relationship. And that's life changing. I love that. Mm -hmm. Tell me more. That's always good. Mm -hmm. That was a good conversation. Yeah. Eric, do you have some thoughts on that? Um, I mean, yeah, I think it's just being... Um 
I, I guess for me, it's just, yeah, praying of like any opportunity I can share part of my story and be vulnerable in that, um, then, then that opportunity um, brings about other opportunities to talk with people um, one-on-one. And I think that the more um, that I have chosen to be vulnerable, um, God has like, people have reached out to me or um, like, people were, you know, wherever I've sat in church or whatever, sitting next, you know, they're like, Hey, I think you and I could relate. So can we grab coffee? Things like that, you know? And so, um, yeah, definitely being vulnerable, definitely, um, just being able to change, uh, the way that like Sally was saying is that, um, kind of changing the culture of how we've always talked and talked about people. Um, and I think that goes for all like gender issues and all, all race, like all the things, you know? Um, and so, yeah. And just being like authentic in yourself. And I think people really respond to authenticity, um, you know, um, yeah. and, you know, and especially like, um, that's my hope and my prayer when I go to just dinner is that I come across as being authentic because I know that I'm not just someone who has a brother who's gay, that I know that the people who um, are at just dinner are brothers and sisters and how they've been treated too, you know? And so like, I just want to be um, a different presence of a sibling or a family member um, if they've experienced something not, um, not good, like not, not Jesus. So, um, so yeah. That's what I got. (laughs) Well, this has been really good. I'm going to change, switch gears a little bit here. Um, A lot of times on my show, and I don't know if we've done this, Kara, on our show yet, but I like to end kind of interview questions by um, asking a little easier question. So we've talked about some deep issues today. You know, we're passionate about Jesus. We're passionate about um, the church and loving the LGBT um, plus community well. Um, but we also need levity in our life. We need to find things in life to keep us balanced. Sure. And so a lot of times I ask a question of, at the end of it, uh, end of my podcast of what makes you laugh? And I've kind of changed it to what has made you laugh in the last week? Because hopefully... Hopefully you can't just, you know, pick up on one or two things. But I really enjoy that. I, I share a quick story about myself. When I was in um, Masters of Divinity School at Harding, I thought I was great, you know, and this Bible student and, and all this good stuff. And I was so serious. I got rid of all my movies at one point because I was like, I just, that's a waste of time. I need to be really serious about this. And I, I want to be very um intentional with every minute of my day and now <laughs> i remember that andy i remember yeah him. yeah <laughs> in jacksonville i do yeah. i remember you so that has completely shifted <laughs> and i really find that the only reason i can do serious things is because i have to do funny things so one of my favorite movies i think it's a very very smart comedy despite its title and it goes back to 1994, is Dumb and Dumber. Oh, I, I like, was going to say Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, yes. 
you've earned a lot of points today because that <laughs> that movie is so smart. If you go back and rewatch that, that is a very. So smart you're telling movie. me there's a chance. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, what are some good movies or just you know it can be a TV show or whatever, just things that make you things that make you laugh and you know allow you to keep going in the. Oh wow. Times. Oh, wow. Now you've, you've gotten some insight. I'm so glad you said that so that I didn't have to out, out with it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I kind of outed myself as a Dumb and Dumber fan, didn't I? It's so good. You did. Uh, you did. It's out there. You know, I hate to, I hate to even admit this, but <laughs> I have a friend who tells me I'm like an adolescent boy and uh, what I find humorous, that is. Um, the movie Bridesmaids. Yes. That's good. Yes, there's a lot of, of foulness in the, the film. I just want to acknowledge that. But I just have to say that the scene in the bridal shop yep. is absolutely hysterical. When <laughs> Melissa McCarthy says, look away, look away. <laughs> I don't care how many times I hear it, I laugh. <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's one of our, that's a go-to movie for us too. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's really great when she like walks out of that and starts walking across the street and starts squatting <laughs> in the bridesmaid's dress. Yeah. That's also, I'm like, classic. That's a good one. Oh, man. Or when she has to eat the Jordan almond. Oh. Yeah. oh, yeah. I was, I was just hungry. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was just mm, Jordan almonds. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, good man. stuff. Yeah. No, that's good. I love it. All right, Kara, you're up. Um, man, I always like, I mean, I always like those movies. Um, like I'm, I like Will Ferrell. I like Jim Carrey. Um, I like M Melissa McCarthy. Um, all the uh, inappropriate movies. <laughs> you no, know, I just really like. <laughs> like the more the more potty humor, the better. Like that's how I feel about it. Like and Sally, I might just be with you as a twelve year old boy. I don't know. Like humor wise, I don't know. I don't know what that is, but. Um, but yeah, and I want it like one that's always funny to me is like about around the holidays. What I can think of right now is uh, Christmas Vacation oh, and just yes. like Chevy Chase and just <laughs> oh yeah, yak, yakking on a bone. You know, like my, my family, we <laughs> love that movie. Yeah, you know, there's not a whole you know there's not a lot of things that bring us together, but Christmas Vacation that that brings oh, us yeah. together. You know? <laughs> oh yeah, I want to say classic. My senior year of high school, my friend uh, Ben, I think Ben listens to the show. Anyways, Ben and I tried to watch Christmas Vacation 25 days in a row during, no. our, during our senior <laughs> year of high school. Um, I don't think we did it, but we watched it a lot. A lot. And then Kara, I think I'll throw this one out here too, because we've talked about this. Um, Conan O'Brien has a bunch of stuff right now on Netflix. Yes. Yes. A lot of stuff on Netflix where he travels to different countries and it's really funny. So I've been listening to that. And then for um church listeners out there, if you've heard of the podcast Mega, which is a fictional podcast of a mega church. 
and oh, yeah. writ- written by a Saturday Night Live writer. They have, I don't know, 50 episodes or something, and it's all about church culture yeah. and the singles ministry, the women's ministry, the youth oh. ministry, and oh, it is ridiculous. <laughs> so it's gotta be good. It's that that's called mega podcast. So I don't know if they'll if any of these people will give us money, but we listen to all the. All the <laughs> so. I'm gonna check it out. It's re- it's really good. My wife and I really enjoy listening to that. So, um, and then I guess the last thing is just to, I want you, uh, Sally, to just list all the ways we can find you on social media and upcoming yeah. conferences. Yeah, uh, the website I, I mentioned earlier is centerpiece.net. You can register for uh, either Peace Prince or Tapestry there. And uh, probably by October, we'll have our uh, E3 sign up ready, and there'll be an early bird uh, discounted price there. So that will be good. Uh, we're on all forms of social media like uh, Facebook. We have a Facebook page. And I think it's facebook.com slash centerpiece, P-E-A-C-E, Inc., I-N-C. We're on Twitter. And I believe that's uh, Centerpiece, Inc. And then Instagram. I do not remember what it is. It may be under my name, Sally Gary, G-A-R-Y. Uh, but you can you can find uh, I think I think that's linked to our Facebook page also I may be wrong on that but uh, yeah check those out and you also have a a book too and so Sally Gary's book is I've been working through it not quite done but almost done loves God likes girls by Sally Gary and um yeah, Kara, where can we find you on social media? Um, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Kara Christensen. Um, I love I love the gram, the Instagram. <laughs> so you can find me on Kara L. Christensen. Um, and yeah, and oh, That's Twitter, right. when I want to do it, which I need to get better at it, Cadet Kara, K-A-D-E-T-K-A-R-A. <laughs> so that's me that's where you can find me guys awesome and then this is uh, rotc is that why you use cadet kara were you an rotc what'd you say were you an no i just no i just um i am space cadet you know like space cadet i'm spacey yeah yeah (laughs) nothing with the military nothing honorable I Nothing. just wanted to salute you if you were. In <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's good. And you can oh. find me at at Winter Faith Andy on Instagram and Twitter, the Winter Faith Podcast, and also texting in church with Kara and Andy. This will be episode number three of our show, so we are cranking them out at texting in church on Facebook and soon to be all are already on Instagram, one of those two. So thank you for joining us and I will thank end you, us off. Sally. Oh, thanks for having me. I've enjoyed this. It's been fun. Good. And we can keep talking. I'm just going to end the recording.
Today's artwork was done by Dominique Frazier. The intro was done by Scarlet Fox. The music you're listening to, Josh Cleveland. And the creator and editor and producer of the Winter Faith Podcast, yours truly, Andy Frazier. Well, you did it again. You spent your time listening to my show. You probably could have spent this time playing games or binging Game of Thrones on your phone. But instead, you spent it with me, so I thank you for your time. If you haven't already, downloaded and subscribed to the Winter Faith Podcast on Anchor. If you haven't already, please leave a review on iTunes with good, bad, or ugly feedback. Also, please consider supporting the show on Patreon for as little as $1 a month. However, I do accept Venmo, PayPal, Cash App, and any other way you want to contribute to the show financially. Okay, my commercials are done. Andy, out. <laughs>